I remember when I was in high school, I actually had played football for four years. And in my grade 12 year, I really wanted to be the captain. That was really important to me. And I was a little bit frustrated because we actually had a new coach. We had a, someone who was a brand new teacher, came to our school. I had not known this person. I had developed a really good relationship with the coach prior. And so I was a little bit nervous about this. And I actually met my coach on his very first day to our school. I was actually the very first interaction he had with a student. I'm a little embarrassed saying that. And when I actually met my coach, his name was Calvin Hobbs. That actually is his name. He's someone I look up to to this day and connect with all the time. He had a real big impact on me. I introduced myself, welcomed him. I said, oh, by the way, I'm actually going to be captain this year. And he's like, oh, really? I said, well, I've actually played for four years. It's pretty rare for someone to play four years on the high school football team, on the senior team. And so I, I think I actually kind of deserve it. And he said, oh, we'll see. And I thought, what do you mean we'll see? Like, I've played here for four years. I deserve this. And so we actually went through practice. And I was nervous about it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of turned it on. I, I made it sure that I played really well, focused on that, uh, really was communicative uh, with um, the players on the team, you know, my peers and how important it was. And so the day came where they're going to name the captains. And if you know much about football, there's typically more than one captain. And there's going to be probably four or five captains. And so the first four were named, but my name wasn't one of them. I was starting to get nervous. And then basically the fifth name was mine. And he had told me I would become captain. I was just so relieved, so excited about it. And then he actually pulled me aside and he said, don't ever think you deserve something just because you put in the time. He said, if you truly want to be a leader, you have to be someone worth following. And that's always stuck with me. And when I say always, maybe that's not totally true because it didn't stick with me at the moment. Honestly, all I cared about, I was captain. I was so excited about that. And, and then when I started going to administration, I actually thought about Mr. Hobbs' words. And I thought about, like, what's the, the leader that I would want as a teacher? You know, am I someone worth following? And a lot of times what I try to do is not tell people what they should do, how they should do things. I try to lead by example. I try new things like this podcast, you know, trying some of the stuff, putting myself out there in these spaces. And hopefully people see that I'm willing to take the, we- the lead, that I'm willing to t- kind of jump in and try new things and they be comfortable doing the same thing. And that's why I really love this conversation with Steve Paramore. He's currently assistant superintendent, about to become interim superintendent. I actually got to watch him uh, as I spent a week with his school and other schools uh, in Ashland counties. And he was very visible and he's very connected. And it was amazing because I thought, you know, this is a person that I would love, um, you know, my kids to be around and that I'd love to work for and love to connect with. Because he was really focused on relationships, on lifting people, and on building on their strengths, not trying to mold you into something that you weren't. And we talked a lot about this in the podcast, about the importance of being someone worth following. And I really love the conversation. He has a lot of great ideas, a lot of great experience. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, this is George Kroos. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Today, I actually have uh, Steve Paramore, who is actually uh, from Ashland. Ashland got the Ashland Arrows uh, uh, paraphernalia behind us too, doing the podcast. And Steve is currently assistant superintendent. He's about to become uh, interim su- superintendent. Uh, you know, uh, an interim is like you know, 
it's temporary, but I, I'm sure, you know, obviously I know that you've been in the community a long time. A lot of people really appreciate you too. So I think, you know, as part of that maybe transition and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, kind of what that, what that role kind of looks like. But uh, Steve, I, I connected with Steve. I was actually working with um, his school's, uh, his school and his county, and it's a little bit different in Ohio because it was like several districts. And Steve is uh, part of one of them, working with students, uh, really talking about uh, the idea of digital leadership. How do we actually use technology to make the world a better place? And it was the the students were honestly in such a reflection of your community. The students were so great every single day, and I had so many great conversations with them. Many of them actually connect with me, you know, like on on Instagram after and uh, Twitter, they were sending me messages. I actually got emails from the students, which is interesting because I never shared an email address. But they just <laughs> found me right away. And, it, you know, it's easy enough to, to find my stuff. And it just, it, it was just such a, it was just a really, it was really cool uh, how they connect with me and they're just so positive. And I just think that's such a great reflection of your community. And so I'm really excited to have you on here. And so Steve, you can just tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do today and how you got there. It's a great place to start. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, George. Uh, and, and I'll echo that, George. We we certainly appreciated having you here in Ashland County, especially at Archer Auditorium. Uh, this was the second year in a row to have you. And I, I know I was really looking forward to your to your second trip because I kind of didn't get enough of it uh, the first year. But uh, my uh, my background is I am from Ashland, um, graduated from Ashland High School, spent all of my elementary and middle school years in the Ashland City School District, where I am blessed uh, to work. And I've been working in Ashland City Schools for 19 years. So I, I guess needless to say, it's all I know uh, in my professional life and my, uh, my adolescent life. Uh, I, I started out as an elementary physical education teacher um, our school district at one time had neighborhood schools, but like many school districts around um, this, our state and our country, we've, we consolidated into um, uh, kind of bigger schools, but uh, um, le less buildings. So we, we have two uh, K through three buildings, one of which has a preschool. We have a four or five building in Ashland City Schools, which we call uh, an intermediate school. And then we have a middle school that is six through eight. And uh, we have a high school that's nine through 12. We have 3,200 students in Ashland City Schools. Uh, we are the uh, county seat of Ashland County. Um, and as George said, um, he did his work uh, with our county. Um, so we have several um, smaller local school districts, uh, Hillsdale, Loudonville, uh, Crestview is a little bit in Richmond County, a little bit in Ashland County. We had our career center there. Um, and, uh, who else is in Ashland? Black River touches Ashland County. Um, yeah, well, so, they were, they were, they were all awesome. They were awesome. Yeah, they were Whoever good. They and were, right? I, I remember, uh, getting on Instagram and Twitter and just seeing some of the, uh, pictures, uh, from other school districts and just seeing how, how much students appreciated to get to be close with you, George, and interact with you. Like, that's what, that's what I'm there for. That, that that's the world to me, that they have somebody that can be a champion to them, somebody that speaks their lingo, somebody that understands that, hey, we have an opportunity through digital leadership uh, to be successful, find our place, and really improve upon it and improve the lives of others. So that was what was exciting about that session was getting 
getting that. And, and it wasn't without some challenges for sure. We, right. we have some people that um, just aren't there yet. And I look at that as opportunity. I, I think about Jocko Willink, who's a Navy SEAL that um, I got a sticker from Ben Spieldenner, who you got to meet um, yep. at Ashland, our tech, uh, tech and innovation guy. And he just gave me a sticker one time and I have it right here on my laptop and it just says good. And that means, you know, when, oh, crap, the, the car broke down. Well, good. That shows us shows that we have opportunity to fix the engine or, or we have the opportunity right. to fix the, the tire. I get to show you what my skills are. Um, so like, that's how I look at somebody that is kind of dragging their feet on how important digital leadership or just how important it is to um, be really concerned with what our digital footprint is and how we can become leaders through, through that and doing innovative things with um, cell phones that, well, it's, oh, it's actually, That's actually an interesting concept, um, what you just talked about. I, I remember I was in uh, Illinois. I was working with two school districts on the same day. And when I was working with them, one of them, uh, we were talking about uh, access to technology and like ways you could use it to really create not not just better learning opportunities for our kids, but different than what, because I think a lot of times if you just add technology to environment and try to do the same things, then it can be distracting, right? It can be an issue, but like what is actually adding the technology do to change learning, right? So it was interesting because the one of the one of the administrators from one group said, "Hey, so we actually have huge issues with our staff right now because they're not really happy because we, we actually provided one to one laptops for every kid, and they're struggling because they're like we didn't have enough PD, we didn't have enough learning for this before this was implemented, right? So we need this, we need you know we need to do these things before these kids should have got them, right?" So I said, before, before I answer your question, I want to just take a second here. And I already knew the answer to this. I said, what is the, so I want to ask the other district that's here. What is the biggest issue that your teachers have right now with this stuff? And their, their issue was the kids don't have access to laptops. And so it was like, so we either, so we have them, but we didn't have enough training or we don't have them. So we can't do different things. Right. So the way I look at it, and so, like, hey, you can look at it that, hey, we didn't necessarily get training. So this is a great opportunity to, to actually learn with our students, kind of figure some stuff out, go right. through that process and shape that. Hey, you don't actually have access. Hey, here's some ways that we can immerse ourselves so that when we do get this for students, we are really prepared for this process. So basically, it's like you're, you're looking at from the, the here is the issue. But both, but is basically have two total opposite things, but there's complaints on both sides. But actually, where's the, like you said, where's that opportunity, right? Like, where's the, the good uh, in that too? And I think that's one of the things that really resonated when I was talking to the students. Um, I even addressed this every time I worked with the students. I said, do you know what cyberbullying is? Started my talks off at this. And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, good. Don't do that. All right. So let's now talk about what you can do. And I think a lot of students, the reason I started doing that is because I remember I was in, uh, I was in Texas and they introduced me and the students said, or someone said, Hey, this guy's from Canada. He's going to talk about social media. And I remember distinctly because they're like, Ugh, and they just made this like groan noise. And the reason is because they, they already had conversations about this. And it was like someone coming in saying, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And so they just expected for the next hour, they're going to get crap from a stranger. Right. And, and then all of a sudden it changed. And then kids were like, 
nobody talks to us like this. Nobody actually says, here's what you can do. And yeah. it's not that I'm ignoring issues. There are some, right? And I know, and I think part of it, I understand some of those issues by immersing myself in this, right? But I also see opportunity and like, are we shifting that? And even before we were talking, uh, it's like kind of saying to someone, when we focus on the don'ts, it's like, don't think of an elephant. So everyone listening right now, soon as I said, don't think of an elephant, what actually came to your mind? And I can already tell you, it was an elephant. elephant. It wasn't not an elephant, right? And so kind of focusing on that. And so um, like, as you kind of like look at that, wh- like, what do you kind of see for your students kind of moving forward after that? Like, what, what are some opportunities that you might see? And I think we talked a little bit about some of the leadership stuff that you're seeing with your students, you know, after the right. Fact. Right. What's what's neat in our district is we we have a, a mentoring program where our high school students uh, go to the middle school, go to the intermediate, and just this year we bust them over to the uh, two primary buildings. And during the lunch hour, um, they build relationships with students that um, you know th- those ones that you might pick out of uh, a twenty five student class that might, that that kid needs a little extra tender tender love and care, but mm-hmm. also you, you can't just be mutually exclusive to those kids. So um, any any kid at any time um, can can be a part of it, which is exciting. So that it that that there aren't any any but there's nobody calling in going like why doesn't my kid get to be part of the mentorship program? But most importantly, it really builds that skill set for our our high school kids as they get ready to go out into the world. But it also shows our middle school kids, hey, I've got a champion in my corner that I didn't know before today. And um, now our intermediates seeing that, and then now our our um, our elementaries um, just have another almost quasi adult with with those juniors and seniors um, that that is just a positive influence. So that that leadership framework has been built, but now I think we have an opportunity with other things in that leadership realm. Meaning now I want to I want to I want to make sure that. If, if we if we say well, we're having a huge bullying issue with our third graders throughout all of our district, well, then let's focus on how these mentors can come down and have some activities, whether technology is involved or not, that model it. You've got to model it. You've got to model it for these kids. And it's not just like I'm coming down, having lunch, asking you, hey, how is how is how, how are things going at home? Things like that. It's it's specific. It's, it's with fidelity. And that's what I'm, I'm excited to do because I think that leadership from my end with the staff members that lead these programs will just create empowerment for more and more. And I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to cycle down and it's going to filter down. And we've got a much better chance to have higher numbers of kids that this resonates with. And you know, the, more, the more infectiousness we have of this leadership, the the more chance we have for everybody to understand our standard and our vision and i'm a, i'm a, i'm really excited about that but other things that I, I i feel like there's this missing element of entrepreneurship that we don't hit at a younger age like mm-hmm. and the big part of that is risk like what do we what do we always talk about from just a standard standard aspect of risk like don't do this because right. that's risk like that's risky right. don't take so we need to, number one, you've got to talk about what entrepreneurship is, right? Because you're not expecting a fifth grader to know what his career is. I, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams, 
right? right? But there's a big difference between what your dreams and aspirations are of what you end up really having as your career. And, you know, that's scary to think that, wow, I don't want to crush a dream. But the reality is, is we've got to show more kids at a younger age that these careers exist. And I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about a career and why it's a career. Um, I'm not sure if you, you know, George Intel is building a, a, a microchip plant in New Albany, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, that's going to create probably 10,000 more jobs. And it's going to bring billions of dollars to our state, but also billions of dollars to education. And what we had the lieutenant governor speak to um, our county. It was Wednesday of this week. Yeah, Wednesday of this week, I went to that um, that engagement. And he talked about how at the local level, not just career centers, we have to explain to our, our folks that it is okay to have a job in construction. There are going to be more jobs in construction in our right. state than ever before. And those are jobs that if those don't happen, then we, you see the delays. Like, you know, if you're building right. a new house, you got to worry about lead times. Well, why is that? It's not necessarily because we don't have truck drivers. It's because the people that make those products aren't coming. They, we don't have people to fill those positions or they don't have the skill right. sets for it. So right. if you're a good leader from a young age and you have people telling you it's okay to t take risks and you learn some responsibility through that, I feel like at that local level, we're doing what our state is asking Ohio is Ohio is big on making things like we we're not near the coast so we're not shipping stuff in and out we have stuff shipped to us we manufacture a ton of stuff and that's I think that's why Intel picked Ohio to build and this is going to be huge for the the United States more not just Ohio because think of all the things that couldn't happen because they didn't have microchips right and we were waiting on this because we don't have a chip for it. Well, now America responded and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna build this plant." We picked Ohio because it's pretty expensive to be on on either coast. You know, you can't be in New York, you can't be in California. California cost of living is unbelievable. So Ohio is the perfect situation there. Like they can live in Ashland and drive an hour and twenty minutes to Columbus to work at Intel, and that benefits Ashland and that benefits Columbus. Awesome. That benefits the United States, but we have to grow those kids at a local level. And there's no aspect of our educational experience that can't create those kids that have that opportunity. That's our job. Our job is to make them realize beyond their purpose in life, they have an opportunity to fulfill things that can give them fulfillment, right? They, they need to be able to be good husbands. They need to be able to be good brothers. They need to be able to be um, substantially productive in their whatever community they go and live in. And uh, that starts from being responsible. And every kid now, I mean, I know our th we've got third graders with cell phones. So that if I can teach you an opportunity to be responsible in your digital framework as a third grader, then right. you're going to be willing to take risks. You're going to be willing to be innovative. Uh, George, you showed us um, in one of your presentations, uh, the kid was doing um, a science lesson um, with the beakers. He's doing Gosh. zero calories. That one, yeah, zero calories. Yes, and I'm like, there's there if 
if our when our middle school got to see that presentation, I'm like, we're gonna have we're gonna have 30 kids trying to do a video of this before before the month's over. And I was so right. jazzed about that. I I haven't made it over to talk to the science teachers like, hey, has anybody made a YouTube video about you know something you're doing in science? Because that that video in itself had to empower people like, hey, by the way, this is how you effectively use this. So the, the, the cool the cool thing when you're talking about this stuff is that you're talking about uh, the the skills that we need to develop in our students and the opportunities that opens up for them and the risk taking. And when you were talking about this, I was kind of thinking about how I actually developed some amazing skills being in education, uh, going into administration and how I actually took the risk to not chase what my dream job was. And my dream job was actually to be superintendent, which is kind of weird because like I had mapped out like I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for a certain amount of years and then I'm going to become a superintendent. And that's like that is the goal. Right. And the risk for me was I actually started doing the work that I'm doing today, which I, to be honest, it was never my dream because I didn't even know it was a thing. And it was like to walk away from walk away from what was what I had perceived to be my dream. And now it's kind of neat because I actually have my my dream job that I didn't know was a dream job until I started right. doing it it's just kind yeah. of a, a neat thing right but that was a risky thing for me to do because I was on a good path like I was it was like kind of you know I already got the taps yeah. on the shoulder that hey we're you're gonna follow me doing this and um yeah. it, it was kind of neat but it was really because I developed um skills and abilities through my work through you know being an educator being a teacher all those things which is really really powerful and like speaking of becoming a superintendent you are currently assistant superintendent and you're actually moving to an interim position in a place that you you've you've lived literally all your life you took a sh short sabbatical to go to school basically right. and then came right back um so like what are some of what are some of the you know opportunities and challenges with you know going into an interim position uh, as you do that, especially in a place that you, you know, you, you said on an earlier podcast, people that you taught with, people that you've known forever. Right. Like, what do you see some of the opportunities as you're moving into that? So, so, so I, I have identified one of my, our, our biggest opportunities um, with our, with our staff is we've spent a lot of time in this district over the last seven years building up our physical capital. We, we got new buildings built. We've improved existing buildings, built a field house, um, putting new tracks down. A lot of things that I've been involved with um, structurally. But now I think our big shift needs to be on building the human capital. Mm -hmm. And that means morale. That means vision. That means support. Um, a lot of times, um, some of the expense that we've used towards the physical capital has not 100%, but, but, but a small amount of it has, has come at the expense of taking care of our people. And that, that never really has gone unnoticed with me. And one of the, one of the advantages that I've had over the last um, almost three years in my current position is working with our classified staff. And I will tell you that, uh, Things in school districts do not happen without your support staff, and that's paraprofessionals, food service, uh, transportation, and custodial maintenance. And I have grown very close with that um, particular portion of our organization and created some 
unbelievable relationships and and both of our both of our classified and our certified entities uh, operate off of unions so that that can be fickle at times and contracts um uh can be fickle and you gotta you gotta really dive into them and um you know under understand them and um it's always probably the the best thing to do is make sure you're always following it not trying to sidestep it in any any way because um, what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander um, in most unions. And um, so I've really relished that opportunity to build those relationships because we all know that um, in life in general, um, more success happens when you build really, really strong, positive relationships. So going into my new role in January, what I look forward to is I spent the majority of my career building relationships with students. I mean, colleagues, mm-hmm. a lot of times we we don't struggle with that because they're living what we're living. Uh, building relationships with students is what gets things done in the classroom and it creates a great environment in schools. So I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So that's where I've, I've tried as an assistant superintendent to stay engaged with uh, all of our five buildings that we have students in. Um, and, uh, it's not perfect every day, but I really right. try to get out and about and, and just visibility in general is important. I really am, uh, I, I do a lot of things in our, I do a lot of PA announcing with our university. Um, so not only would I go to those games to be a spectator, I get the best seat in the house on the 50 yard line or at center uh-huh. court. So, um, just making sure that I'm visible. We have a really awesome, young, vibrant mayor in the city of Ashland right now who has brought millions of dollars to our city um, through new businesses and uh, developments for residential areas, which obviously will bring students to our district. Right. Um, so we're really excited. We have a huge science laboratory in Ashland um, it, within the corporate limits called Charles River. And they do... Um, wherever your politics fall or wherever you fall with, um, with animals, they, they do a lot of toxicology testing. Um, and, uh, so basically the drugs that you and I would take, if we, um, have a, you know, an infection that a lot of that stuff gets tested in Ashland, Ohio. Um, and we have some brilliant people like that's a great opportunity for our students to be able to go out and do some internships with, but, um, you know, that's a whole other hour conversation. The, uh, just the city is on the rise. And I had a conversation with the mayor the other night at a function. And I said, you use that slogan that the city is on the rise. And I, I'm 100% behind, I'm a thousand percent behind that. But I want you to know that the school district, and I can only speak for Ashland city schools. Like this is my passion. This is my place. You talked about what your dream job was to be a super. I I truly, when I didn't, when I didn't pursue the PGA tour, and I was I was playing at that level upon graduation. I I needed to change my focus, and so probably after my first year as being an administrator, like I was like my dream job would be to run this district. And what hmm. I mean by run is lead it. And I, I this this has been my that's been my goal since 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 that that moment. And, you know, it was interesting that you said that was your dream job and you had the taps on the shoulder. Um, I haven't necessarily had the taps all the time because our current superintendent has done an unbelievable job. Dr. Maris done an unbelievable job since 2011. And um, 
I don't know. He uh, he's uh, he's retiring and taking a job with um, uh, like a computer educational computer consulting firm that is very close to us. But um, it's going to be a really a change in his life, obviously, um, because he really has been doing this since 2011. So he doesn't doesn't know any different. Um, and he has been the man. And so um, there really hasn't been a, a passing of the baton per se. But also right. I looked at it this way, like I could have been like, man, I thought he, he was going to be this unbelievable mentor and everything he's done from a visible standpoint, like I've seen and I've been like, that's impressive. But I also I, I, I can't expect that of somebody. His his job is to be the superintendent of Ashland City Schools. That's mm-hmm. his job. His job is not to be Steve Paramore's mentor. But when I am a leader by nature like that, that's my nature is like, how do I make, how do I add value to that person? How do I make that person better? What can I do to serve you to get you to reach your goals? And so that is kind of like, okay, I've got to move into, this is my opportunity. These seven months, I have to prove to the community. I have to prove to the students. I have to prove to the staff that I'm worth following. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm that leader that's worth following. And I'm, I mean, we all talk about servant leadership. That's, that's easy to talk about. If I'm, if I'm going to talk the talk, I got to live it. And I, I feel like that when I set my feet on the ground in the morning, I feel like I got to make this the best day possible for not only Steve Paramore, but, but everybody that I come in contact with. I mean, every day I, I got to tell myself, I got to be a better dad. I got to be a better yeah. husband. And there's days where, you know, I think I fall short of that. So that's motivating to me. And, uh, you know, my life, my, my wife's a teacher. So we have a lot of things that we talk about, man, a lot of things. And it all centers around education, but I love that. Like we know when we can have conversation about stuff outside of education, but I really, sometimes I look forward to getting home at six. I, the first hour we're recapping, we're recapping. And like, I so look forward to that. And it's not all, it's not all, it's not peachy. Sometimes it's not peachy. So, So hopefully um, my questions for my wife are good and her questions for me sometimes are hard. And uh, really, I look uh, I look forward to that. And I look forward to the opportunity to I I really enjoy feedback. And I think that's something that as a leader, you can't be afraid to get because sometimes we get defensive and like I can't let myself get there. Right. It's one thing to say, oh, I got thick skin. No. Don't ever let yourself get defensive because everybody's perspective could be that opportunity like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Let's let's maybe let's let's go down that path. So I really look forward to that. And like I said, this is my opportunity. I look at it as this is this is my only chance in this present part of my life to attain my dream job. I get to live it for seven months guaranteed. Right. Right. Unless I hit a kid, which I definitely am not going to do, yeah. right? But if if I if I bring if I bring it every day, and 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 I'm worth following, I I I I really like my chances. I really like my chances. And if it doesn't work out, I know that I have an opportunity to be an asset somewhere else. And so. I can't let that, I can't, I can't be worried about that. So well, I got to, one of the things, one of the things that I really appreciate and I saw this was how 
connected and visible you were and how like we talk about like basically putting our efforts and resources into people and actually as a administrator as a superintendent it really matters that you, you we talked about this on another podcast important of showing up and actually like being there and you were there when i was with the students and it was interesting because I know this is not bad. Sometimes I actually am a little shocked when a superintendent is actually there around the students or stays for the PD day because I've actually seen, um, I, I actually, uh, I've been to districts where they just put me in front of their staff. Superintendent was nowhere to be found. I'm like, you're just trusting some guy coming in <laughs> and just saying whatever he wants. And like, now you're going to be stuck with it. Right. Like, give me a little bit of your vision. Like, t- like where are you? Like, are you leading? Right. Like, Hey, yeah. teachers, you need to like learn and grow and get better, but I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm not going to stay here for this. Right. So right. it's like, yeah. well, you're not really like, it's not really, that's not yeah. really putting into people. Right. And they, it's way easier to be that person worth following. Um, yeah. th- to this. And so I, I know I got to cut our time uh, short. I have to jump on another podcast and I'm luckily uh, living in basically golf central here. Uh, yeah. My daughter and I are going to Lando magic game tonight, but. Um, your, your district is, is truly blessed to have you. I know you're going to crush it. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I also know that of course there's a, like a couple of job changes you're gonna have to do, uh, you know, yeah. moving from assistant superintendent and superintendent, but I already know you're gonna be successful because a lot of things that you need to be a superintendent are already doing your job, which I think is, is a really powerful thing. So, right. um, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast, share some yeah. of this journey. Uh, it was great to connect with you. I'm looking forward to you. I'm, I'm expecting you to teach me golf when I come out here. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward I'm like, to that. Golf's a little bit hard, right? Golf's a little bit hard because it's 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 super intimidating. If like you know, like, like I I play basketball forever, and I have people who have never played basketball, they'll pick up a ball and they'll just throw it up there. They're not worried about it, but. Right. Yeah, golf ball is a little. I don't know. It freaks me out a right. little bit. So. Isn't it crazy? So it's stationary. And right. like, it's always amazing to me that some guy can hit a 97 mile an hour fastball and it's moving, right? Golf, the ball doesn't move. <laughs> In fact, it's a penalty if the ball moves when you're trying to hit it. So you're not, you're not building confidence in me in this, right? I'm going to be yeah. a little bit, now I'm a little bit you're, at, you're athletic. You're at, you're athletic. Yeah. Obviously there's a huge correlation between being right. athletic. We'll go, and we'll go to the athletic. diving range first. We'll do that first. Yes. before we Yeah. I would not around. suggest anything but that. Yes. Yep. All right. Hey, Steve, thanks for being on. Please say hi to everyone for me. I will. Uh, yep. And so, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Steve, yep, thanks. I really appreciate it. Appreciate thanks it. Yep. Yeah, care. thanks, George.